Hi guys, uh, welcome back, Live to Inspire podcast. Um, first of all, uh, are you guys a bit of an apology? I suppose um, been in transit back to the UK um, and just getting back on top of all the life admin that that takes over whilst you you work abroad. Um, so. Yeah, apologies for that one, but um, there's there's been a few things going on. Like I said, just sorting out some admin, but also um, the content for this episode, episode twenty nine, uh, is based around last weekend uh, and my activities. So over the last six months or so, um, my training has been geared towards a world record attempt. And it's, or it was, is, was, uh, for most weight travelled by a sled, by a team in 24 hours. Now, uh, we did, uh, me, myself and the, the team, or the team and I, I should say, did a deadlift world record attempt, uh, endurance run 24 hours, um, which sadly was not approved by Guinness due to the total not being enough. Um, not sure how that works out as no one's ever done it. Uh, we're the first team to have ever attempted it. Uh, I think we lifted something like 1.8 or 1.6 million kilos over the 24 hours. Um, and like I said, that, that wasn't approved. <laughs> so, uh, you could argue that you did 24 hours of, of weightlifting for, for nothing. Uh, but we'll come on to that. Um, however, every cloud, um, we were able to successfully break the one hour uh, total of, of weight lifted by a team. And I think that's in excess of 200,000 kilos. So um, like I say, every cloud. But like I said, this this record, uh, we went down to the Royal Marines training barracks down in Exeter. Um, I went down on the Friday, Friday afternoon. I stopped off uh, at Bath on the way um, to go and see one of my, my athletes, just to check in on them, see how they were getting on. Uh, and they were making amazing progress, which was great. A solid start to the weekend. Uh, and then headed down to, to Exeter. I stayed the night in a really, really nice little pub. Um, now, for me, it's the simple things. Um, the The whole let's call it 48, even, I don't know what the maths is on that, 60 hours from Friday afternoon through to Sunday evening. It's the simple things, uh, the, the take home is the simple thing. So for me, I got I got a really cheap B&B in a pub, um, just somewhere to put my head down on a, on a Friday night, uh, somewhere to rest, somewhere to, you know, have a, have a shower, get some sleep, perfect, not too fast about, you know, staying in fancy places or anything, but if you could choose between sleeping in a B and B or sleeping in your car, you choose the B and B. Um, so that was a, a solid win. Um, when we we when I got to the barracks, the training barracks, uh, met all the the rest of the team there, uh, and then there's this whole process um, of of setting up, and and I think it's a real um sort of i don't know what the right phrase is stickler for life right so you can spend a long long time sorting out all the admins sorting out all the paperwork sorting out 
all the bits and bobs, whatever they are, people, places, items, objects, charging, stands, whatever. You can organised, organised, staying on top of every little bit of detail. Because when it comes down to the actual event or the actual activity, it's not actually that hard. Um, it sounds weird. Pushing a sled for 24 hours took me to a dark place a couple of times. And again, we'll come on to that. But we we spent, like I said, six months. I spent six months in the Middle East pushing a sled. Um, very, very hot conditions. Near on 40 degrees some days for an hour and a half. Um, just pushing nothing else just pushing the sled around a field um really monotonous but just putting the work in because when you do effectively more your body adapts to it and then when it comes to the actual event it then becomes easier right that's that's the ideal situation um and when we've got 12 people if not more to to do the actual event we we need you know volunteers we need cameras we need chargers we need physios we need nutritional support like the list goes on and trying to orchestrate all of that is i was going to say a nightmare it's difficult because the actual task of pushing a sled backwards and forwards over a 10 meter distance is really easy it's really really easy but getting people in the right place at the right time doing the right thing that's the challenge so um God willing, we, we did everything. Um, so it, it does take a, a while to process all this information, um, you know, with log sheets and we need like all the witnesses and we need to check the camera footage and, and you've got to have two or three cameras recording for the duration. Find me a camera that can record for 24 hours. You know, that's, it sounds simple, but you've got to have the memory, you've got to have the, the power source, etc., etc. So it will take a little bit of time before it becomes official, but unofficially, uh, we set a world record for most weight travelled by a sled by a team in 24 hours. Um, couldn't tell exactly what it is, <laughs> um, but we we estimate it's in excess of a million kilos uh, over, again, in excess of 100 kilometres. So... Yeah, we did it. We did it. Um, it's the second world record. Um, like I said, unofficially, I do have an official world record, but unofficially, it's the second world record that I, uh, or the team and I have. Um, so the the finer detail. Um, <laughs> again, I I like to educate myself, and and I, I implore others to to do the same. Um, so I, I read books, I listen to podcasts, I watch YouTube videos, whatever it is. One of the things that really struck me um, before the event was was something I heard from uh, Bear Grylls. He doesn't do a lot of podcasts, and uh, you know I've I've seen a few. We've all seen his his TV shows and whatnot. But he said there's always ten seconds more that you can do. Whatever it is, whatever the situation, whatever the environment, whatever the circumstances, there's always ten seconds more you can do. Now it would be really really uncomfortable, but 10 seconds is not a lot in the grand scheme of things, 10 seconds. So that got me thinking and, and I won't go into the fine detail of how we structured our our plan uh, for the event. But I can tell you now, one of the sessions had me, I think, in excess of 3000 calories. Um, you know, that was a two hour session of pushing, 
constantly, just four of us, just pushing, pushing, pushing. Um, 3,000 calories, and we finished that at half past midnight. Um, now, I'm no stranger to the gym, and I've done two-hour sessions, three-hour sessions, like all sorts of crazy stuff. But very rarely would I go to the gym until half past midnight and to the level of that level of exertion. Excuse me. Um, I think my heart rate averaged at about 160, 170 beats a minute for two hours. Um, and then you think, oh, finally I've got a break. I can have a sleep now. It, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> I can promise you now it does not work like that. You, your body's still hot. Your body's still you know, moving the blood around to, to to get some energy, to get some oxygen, to replenish, restore, uh, repair the muscles and just trying to cool, calm everything down. And and that's something uh, post-exercise insomnia. If you ever train in the evenings uh, or you do some sort of physical exercise, even if it's a couple of hours before you go to sleep, it, you'll get into bed and your body will be tired, but your brain will still be awake and you won't be able to sleep. And it's a really, really arduous task to think you've got a few hours where you could get your head down, your body would naturally sleep, and you just can't because your body is still awake or your brain's still awake. Like, it just, it's horrible. Um, so, yeah, 12.30, midnight. Um, apparently, I passed out after the session. I have no idea what happened. Um, all I can remember is... is Two of the guys in my team took me down to the tank. Uh, I'd never heard of it. Um, or the, the cow dip or something. I can't remember. But uh, we just went and jumped in a, a cold pool of water, effectively. And that is, again, the contrast. It really shocks the system. So it sort of woke me up a little bit and brought me back to life. Um, I, I genuinely can't remember what happened, really. But it was tough. Um and then you managed to get you've got to get some food back on board because again we are second or what lost track of what sessions we were doing. The next session we started was at four AM. Again, when you wake up early, even if you've got to catch a plane or something, you wake up at four AM, the last thing you want to be doing is putting a maximal effort in and getting your heart rate up to 160, 180 beats a minute. Um you know, it is possible to wake up at 4am. You could stay up for, for, for 24 hours, no problem. But to to graft and have a physical exertion level at that time of day, again, you know, integrity states that you would be up at 3, 3.30 before, so you can wake up, do your mobility stuff, get warmed up, prepare for it so that when 4 o'clock comes, we've got a quick changeover, boom, we're straight in. That sled never stopped moving, backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards. Um, and again, physical exertion at 4am in the morning until half past five in the morning, not fun, really not fun. Um, but <laughs> again, the small things, you can make the best out of a challenging situation. So again, the environment I was in, I was with one of my best mates, um, Two other, well, one other guy who was with us on a deadlift record attempt um, and a complete newbie. Uh, she was amazing. So the four of us just grafted and we played silly music. We were dancing and we just getting around each other just to keep that energy up. Um, and, and, you know, we carried on and we carried on and we carried on and we kept going. And we went, everyone pulled their weight and did as much as they could. Um, 
So it, it, for me, it really showed me and highlighted to myself that although sometimes my mindset, especially, again, you know yours, is that I know best and I know what I can do and I can do this on my own. Now, when you're in a team, it's completely different, obviously, but you know what you can do, like I said, and how far you can push yourself. I thought I could push myself quite a long way. Turns out I can push myself even further because of other people that are around me. I had the support, I had the morale, I had the the motivation, um, the, the solidarity between other people and the cohesion. We're all working towards that same goal. We raised money, oh, I think we're on about seven, £8,000 for three different charities, all associated with mental health. And that, to me, is really empowering that that money will go towards supporting people with their struggles in mental health and um, hopefully empower them to, to, to come back to a better place. And, you know, potentially we're talking about saving lives here. So it's a, a really powerful um, position and opportunity that, that we were in to be able to do that. And uh, there's, like I said, the, the sort of side hustle or the side result is that there is a world record as well. But that's that's the back bit. The main bit was raising money and helping people with, with mental health. Now, I've been there. Um, I know a few people I've spoken to have been there. Um, and actually asking and getting support is a major, major barrier. But when you do, you're on the right path, right? It's that first step. It's always the hard one, isn't it? Um, so working within a team, you know, we had smaller teams in as part of the bigger team. And then the bigger team had an even bigger team, like support networks and the charity people and this and social media and all, everything came together and everyone bought into that, that end goal that we we're working towards. And what an unbelievable experience and opportunity that we had. Um, so just as a, as a personal take home, although you think you can do stuff on your own, the chances are, you can do even more when you're with other people or you have other people supporting you. So again, don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, go out and seek it, speak to people. Um, people are normally more than willing to help. If you're struggling with something, people are normally willing to help. So uh, get, get some support with that one. Um, another real struggle <laughs> was... Again, like I, I think I, I think I thought I knew myself really, really well, and um, I thought, yeah, well, we'll finish the challenge at whatever one o'clock, two o'clock, whatever Sunday, or maybe three o'clock by the time we've packed up and we leave, uh, and then to drive from Exeter back home was about four hours, call it that. Thought, yeah, I'll be all right. No way, no way. Uh, I think I lasted about twenty minutes in the car, and I just pulled over, uh, and I think I slept instantly for a good 45 minutes um i just the body was in a whole world of pain uh and then come back and, and i get to see my dogs and and being in the fields and it's an amazing environment to be in and to fully decompress and appreciate what we did and what we achieved and what i achieved myself and my personal goals and personal development mentally and physiologically and it genuinely took me or has taken me three, if not four days to fully, fully recover. Um, I have been to the gym um, 
very, very arduous. I thought I'd just a bit of active recovery, light work, you know, um, sit on a bike for a bit, do this, do that. No way. No way. Really, really hard to just get moving at all. Um, so that got me thinking again, why am I struggling so much? The, the mental resilience and tenacity to carry on that's fine I can deal with that and I feel more empowered and um, aware of my own abilities however the physiological demands on my body um, a rough calculation at around 12 and a half thousand calories um, used in that 24-hour period alone uh, so you, you may argue uh, quite rightly that I was in a calorie deficit and how do you reconsume twelve and a half thousand calories? You don't. Um, your body just wants to sleep. It wants to recover. It wants to repair. Um, you know, I was out like a light, as you would imagine, on the Sunday night, uh, and then Monday morning I had breakfast. And I just got back into bed and I slept for another two or three hours. Uh, walked the dogs, came back, slept for another two or three hours. <laughs> I've just been sleeping. Um, so again, what you think you're capable of and how your body responds to it are normally completely different. Something to, to be aware of and potentially to, to factor in. Um, you know, it might prove that or provide some sort of explanation as to levels of fatigue, just why you're tired. Um, you know, you, you don't realise quite how much you, you've exerted yourself. You might feel all right up here, but, but within your body, your body's just going, no way, no way, you've just got to rest. So... Uh, like I said, twelve and a half thousand calories, taking me three, four days of just just finding a balance, restoring, getting back into the flow of things. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I've been working towards over the last six months, and uh, all sort of came to a head uh, in the last three or four weeks since I've been back in the UK. Um, hence, obviously, like I said, being being quiet on the on the podcast and the episodes. Um, but just so that I can hyper focus on to on on what I was doing and what I was trying to why we were trying to achieve, um, fingers crossed they they Guinness will approve the record. Um, if they don't, c'est la vie. But uh, again, like I said, the the bigger picture is that we're raising money for for mental health charities. So uh, a, an unbelievable experience and and a real privilege to be part of. Uh, everyone's got their own battles and, and demons, etc., that they were fighting throughout the the challenge. Um, you know, from people that have been shot, from people that have lost friends to to suicide. Again, mental health related, um, physical challenges alone, just to do something for twenty four hours. Um, yeah, it's it's really really empowering. And although it is a little bit sadistic to be doing something like that and, and slamming your body so much. Um, it does provide a very, very big eye-opening opportunity as to what you can achieve, um, what you think you can achieve, and what you can go on to achieve. Um, now, just just to sort of finish, really, it makes me think about the the, the final chapter uh, in my book, which was something along the lines of, um, my, I think it's called "Mind the Gap." So, what happens when you have um, when you've finished your or you've reached your, your goal, reached your challenge, reached or you've finished it, um, how do you move on? What what do you do? Um, 
So like I said, for, for me, originally it was with the Olympics. I had the dream for 22 years, I think it was, of going to the Olympics. Uh, managed to achieve that dream in 2014. Um, came back off the plane. Great, amazing. Everyone's there. And then the next day, what do you do? Same thing. Been working for six months or we've been planning this for even longer, maybe a year or so. Someone's come up with the idea. We plan it. We apply for it. We do this. We do that. You finally do the challenge and it's phenomenal whilst you're there and you're fully immersed in that experience. But afterwards, like now, <laughs> you know, we finish the challenge Sunday afternoon. You come back home on a Monday. Uh, sorry, Sunday afternoon. And then Monday morning you wake up and you go, right, what am I going to do now? What's, you know, someone said to me, right, what's next? What's, what are you going to do next? And I actually said to him, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm going to allow myself time to appreciate what I've done, how far I've come and, and learn from the experiences rather than just going, right, what's next? What's next? What's next? Take the time, stop, focus on, on what you've done. Um, you know, it's not an easy feat to achieve. Much like, I don't know, if you're buying a house, Buying a house can take six months, eight months, a year, whatever it is. And then when you're finally in the house, just take stock. You don't have to rush about like painting the walls or moving furniture in or making it this, that, and the other. You own a house, you bought a house, whatever, just take time and you know, enjoy it. Enjoy what you've got. It's hard work. Um, so that's that's my plan, certainly in the short term. Might be a month, might be two months. Uh, and, and I'm just going to enjoy where I'm at physically, mentally, um, hopefully provide you guys with some more content um, and, and learnings from myself uh, before I even contemplate another challenge, another journey. <laughs> we'll see where we go. Um, but as always, um, we will get there, if not immediately, eventually. <laughs>